Backstage Brew, the podcast. Backstage at festivals, gigs, theatres and on TV and film sets. Now here's your host, Mark Jarvis. So Backstage Brew is at the Cockpit Theatre and we've just seen Hen and I, which was awesome, with the wonderful Poppy Armand. Hello, hello. How are you doing? <laughs> really good. Overwhelmed. Yeah. Great. Amazing response when you come out. Honestly, it's weird. It's been more, like, shocking coming out there than it has been going on stage. That's so weird. It's so strange. But, but so it's so great very, as well. Yeah, it's so nice. So weird, like, so many people from different walks of life supporting you and stuff. It's just great. Yeah, and your mate, obviously your housemate, Ella, was here tonight mm-hmm, as well. And she was saying that everyone you work with was here tonight. Everyone. Like, everyone was here. Or they're at least, like, coming over the next few days. So it's so, it's just so great. That's crazy. Yeah. And... Obviously, the play tonight centres around uh, two females, yourself and Beth, who mm-hmm. was amazing, Bethany Muir. How did you go about the rehearsal of the, that whole process? Because it starts with an antiphone message mm. and then you arrive. Tell everyone a little bit about that. So um, we kind of left the antiphone to the last minute, like recording that and all of that. So actually sort of dived straight in with that idea of you don't know what somebody looks like, but you're turning up at their house. And we literally split the play up into about 13 different units and just went full pelted it and then went back and slowly, almost like you're varnishing. You know, you do the little bit, go carry on, you go back to it again. Just did that and over like the course of three weeks, quite sporadically, it was great. That's amazing. Mm. So it's a lot of text work to start off with. Yeah. And a lot of subtext in the whole play itself mm-hmm. as well. Because the relationship between your character and Beth's character is very tense at moments. Yeah. But then it kind of softens throughout as you yeah. kind of get to know each other. I so think- tell everyone a little bit about the storyline and, and, and why that kind of relationship changes. So I think these two girls are obviously really great female characters. They're really great women. And if it wasn't for this bloke, there's that possibility that if they met in a different circumstance they might have been friends but because of a guy and this happens so much especially when we're younger and we're at school but because of a guy they they don't respect each other I suppose in some aspects I think they kind of do but they're not afraid to kind of tread on each other's toes so I think the relationship obviously starts slightly catty and sarcastic because they're in a new environment and they're strangers to each other and yeah and then obviously that relationship grows like it would if because they're human like they have hearts and there's a reason why they've both been with the same guy at different points and it's because they're decent women yeah and it's really interesting to explore how one person can really affect a relationship between two people but also how it affects them both as people yeah and obviously you're still in the relationship with the guy at the time even though you've heard the antiphone message what kind of character work did you have to go through to kind of to get to the point of where you meet beth's character i think i just had to think of that circumstance of potentially this person could ruin the thing that makes me the most happiest and I just, I, I couldn't overthink it. And especially because of everything that else that's been going on in terms of the fact that we've had to produce this as well, I can't overthink anything. So I haven't really like had the time to second guess any of my decisions. And I've just gone with my instinct on everything. And I just go with that headspace of, I need to find out whether this woman, this lady who was with my boyfriend is pregnant with his child. And that stake should start the playoff nicely. And did that take a lot of research beforehand? I think it's more about having compassion for your own character and empathy for them and understanding that, okay, I've never been in that situation myself, but I have been in a situation where, um, for example, an ex, 
like I've been with somebody and their ex might have popped up or whatever. And that's actually ruined my relationship. So I have, it, it's not to that extreme, but I can relate to it, not on a personal level that it hurts me, but on a level that I can understand why she would turn up at the character Judith's house. Okay, so the preparation was more in kind of personal... Yeah, um, it was just about understanding and respecting and being like, okay, cool, now I get it and I'm just going to play that circumstance. Yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't too technical. It is what it is. Okay, so it was a lot less kind of thought, it was more just in the moment. Yeah. Oh, great. And other preparation-wise, what brew, obviously, would you have backstage before you start? Have you got, like, a ritual before you wrote vocal warm-up? Do warm have up? a ritual? Defo green tea. We drink green tea in the show. So I sit there on stage drinking green tea. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, it's so comforting. It's great. So green tea. um, Yeah, that would be my brew. Okay, sweet. So that's like your go. And then how do you go through the vocal warm-up? Do you have quite an extensive um, vocal warm-up or is it just kind of a few games and stuff? Because you guys were vocally really strong tonight. Oh, thank you. Um, We did play a few games. We actually were like, we're in the dressing room and we were like, we need to have like a tennis ball or something. We need to bring that tomorrow. Um, We just kind of do our own thing and whatever... Whatever I feel like I need to do. If I feel like I'm kind of already there, then cool. If I feel like I need a little bit more, I just take a few minutes and breathe and... I don't have a ritual as such. I just do what I need to do at the time. And in terms of getting into the industry, yeah. you started off with National Youth Theatre, came through the ranks there, you've done loads of stuff with them. You know, you've done loads of bits and bobs recently as well. Mm-hmm. You even managed to do something at the National, which yeah, was cool. cool. What advice would you have to like young people starting out? Because you didn't do the drama school route. No. So I did go to the Brit School and I did go to Arts Ed, but I went for... Um, GCSEs in secondary school so I never did the classic three years and don't get me wrong I auditioned just didn't get in so I think after that first year when I did like I was on a waiting list for a school I really wanted to be on when I didn't get in I was like oh my god I was on the waiting list for nine months so I was like okay well that's not going to stop me from doing it so the one piece of advice I have is if you're going to do it you're going to do it like you have to find a way to do it I'm not going to sit at home and just do some other job and wait for the drama school auditions to come round again by the time they came round again I was auditioning for actual shows and actual jobs so I think it's just a case of it being like use your initiative be a forward thinker be proactive go out there and find your own opportunities make your own opportunities connect with people also like know when a good opportunity is coming your way and be patient with it don't let a good opportunity pass you by because you're being impatient so I think it's just about surrounding yourself with it as much as possible not to the point that it makes you like upset or depressed or whatever but just immerse yourself in the life and if there is anything else you want to do like with acting say you were like okay I actually also want to fly a plane go and fly a plane if you're a bit half-hearted about being an actor do not be an actor but if you do want to be an actor you will do it and you touched on it there that you were starting to make your own work mm. which is such a massive part of the industry at the yeah. moment and you've put the play on to unite yourself what advice would you give to people who are trying to put work on themselves have you found anything with the process so i was really lucky in this opportunity where i worked here and i did a play at christmas here and then i just bumped into the artistic director and he was like do you want to put something on i have some space So I was so lucky in that sense. But it did make me realise how if you ask the right theatres, you know, keep it humble, then it is possible. And I think just, I don't write. And uh, part of me wishes I could write because then I would want to put so much more stuff on. I think if you can write, 
literally showcase your stuff as much as you possibly can. There are so many writers things. There's so much stuff to do with writing. I think if you have an idea, don't reach too high. Like, I'm glad I did this play, just me and Beth. I couldn't have done this play, me and 10 other people. It would have been too much to organise. It was stressful enough. So I think start small and work your way up because that's what I'm doing at the moment and so far so good. There you go. That's all the advice we need. <laughs> Puppy, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Because life is better when you've got a cuppa on the go. <sighs> this is Backstage Brew. So Backstage Brew is now in the home producer studio of Lucy Cook. How are you, Lucy? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. What's in your brew? Oh, very civilised gin and tonic. So it's been uh, <laughs> it's been one of those weeks with coronavirus going around. Um, how's it been for you? It must have massively affected how you work. Yeah, definitely. Um, I am now working very much remotely and I've now just set up my own little, well, I say, producer studio. It's looking quite nice, actually. I'm quite, um, quite enjoying this little setup. So talk us through the studio. As a producer, what do you need in a studio? That's a very good question. Uh, me in it, and as a producer, that is always helpful. <laughs> and um, I have my uh, laptop, I have my monitor, um, and that's all I really need at the moment. Okay, and as a producer, on a, like a day-to-day basis, let's say for example, you get a film through. Mm-hmm. What do you start off by doing? Is it the budgets first, or do you go through casting? What's the different process? Well, it depends. So at the moment, I'm sort of doing a lot of online content, so it totally depends on the brief. So depend. Normally, we kind of do the creative, so the creative side of things. So look at a treatment, send it over to the client, make sure the clients happy with that treatment and then I will budget up um, each one and sort of give an indicative cost based upon that. Um, So yeah, that's kind of what I do to start off with and then from there you kind of just build a a, a schedule if you're going to be shooting it then you obviously have to build around that and yeah. Okay and then when you get to set on the day, Mm -hmm. how would you go about preparing for that with call sheets and things? Is there anything you do specifically? Have you got any top tips for young producers starting out? You have to be quite methodical in what you're doing and you have to make sure that everything is correct. So what I tend to do is I won't be doing the call sheets per se but I will obviously check them thoroughly to make sure that they are correct. And then on the day, on set? On the set. So I will obviously be the first person to arrive on set and make sure that everything is set up. So people will suddenly come in, they'll want a cup of tea and just make sure that everyone's ready to sort of start the day in a good mood, make sure everyone's got breakfast. I think that's the most important thing. If everyone's fed and can have like a good brew, they are ready to start the day. So on the shoot day, obviously you have to handle timings quite specifically with Mm. budgets and things like that as well. Is it ever difficult to get people to stay on time? And what advice would you give to people maybe if they were nervous about asking someone to kind of keep to the time schedule? How would you go about handling that situation? I guess... When you're handling people, especially with like timings and stuff like that, I think the most important thing is keeping... You've got to make sure you keep your cool. You know, it's, it's, it's a stressful place anyway on set. You've got so many different parts, you've got so many different cogs in a wheel that when, you know, someone's slightly behind, you have to kind of think, what can we do to speed this up? So ten, I tend to, anyway, go and be like, right, OK, cool, do you need a hand? What can we do? So what was it made you want to get into producing then, rather than acting or anything in front of the camera? It's, that's a very good question. I have never done things by the norm, to be honest with you, and so I kind of came out of school and went into teaching, 
which is totally bizarre, but when I was at uni, I ended up thinking I wanted to go into film. I've got my dad, who's a writer, my brother's an actor, and I just have always loved film. And I think I'm the more logical side of the creative. I enjoy that whole sort of process of putting things together. So for me, that was a really um, important part of doing it. But actually, I kind of initially thought I wanted to go into casting. So casting was where I wanted to go. And I ended up kind of going into working at the company I work for at the bottom and I actually am so glad I did that because I think within that I was able to sort of become more I was more inclined to go into the whole producing side of things just because I realized that I could do both so I've got a very good mind I think in the casting aspects I do a lot of the casting at work to sort of finalize um on who I want to cast in it with along with the director so I have the final say at the end of the day oh that's quite nice it is nice that's so much fun I really, you know, I enjoy sort of sitting in the casting sessions as well and, and looking at people and thinking, you know, what is it about you that I, that I like? I always find when you put as, as well people up for casting, when I'm sending it to the client anyway, I'll put in two vanillas, I say vanillas, who are very much what they've asked for on brief, and one complete wild card. And most of the time it's, they pick the wild card. Really? That's so interesting. Mm. Even though they were the ones that sent the brief yeah. out in the first place. It's baffling. Okay, that's cool. And uh, what would you say is the most intriguing thing that's happened behind the scenes on a shoot that you can probably talk about? I imagine there's some stuff you definitely can't mention, but there's definitely some funny stories of things that have happened. Oh, my God, yeah, absolutely. Um, I did a short film not that long ago where we had a bathtub on set and... So it was completely filled with water. And my friend, uh, Roger, who was actually, who started Informer, he wrote it and directed it and starred in it. And this bathtub came on set. And my friend, Laura, who was the um, set designer on it, we didn't realize that the plug had broken. So we filled this whole tub up with water. And the next thing we know is that Roger's in it. <laughs> this picture starts leaking everywhere and I just suddenly saw like Roger's like in this bath and suddenly the water just leaks everywhere he's like where's it going <laughs> where's it going so things do go wrong quite a lot oh, as well absolutely. that you have to fix yeah 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 and I always think you know you never assume and, and everything is always going to be different and everything's something's going to go wrong and you just have to kind of think think about it like okay this has gone wrong park that put it to the side and find a way out of it and that's something that I can stress people out a lot. But actually, I thrive on that. There's always a solution. There you go. Okay, dream job. Dream job. It is dreamy. But what is your dream job like? <laughs> what is your like dream job, job as a producer? It's so dreamy. It's so dreamy. Uh, my dream is job as a producer. Film. Ideally, film and TV is where I want to go. So it's just a case of how do I get there? But... When there's a will, there's a way. And it's just, I think for me, I think I'm, I'm learning so much, especially in the corporate world. Um, and having done a few short films, I realised that I love being involved in the creative side. Okay, and if you could have produced any film that's been out so far, what would it have been? Different Very good question. Film? La La Land. Loved it. It's an amazing film. And imagine, I imagine for a producer that would have been amazing as well. That to me, I think, I think because it was so, so different and I loved the cast, I loved the way it was structured, I loved 
the setting. I think it's just got so many different elements to it. I think it really does stand out as a film that, you know, people, although, you know, it was a bit like Marmite, I think at the time, because it got so much hype. Ultimately, if you watched it again, you kind of go, oh yeah, this is a good film. Mm. So yeah, I'd say La La Land. Okay, cool. Luce, thanks for joining us. And uh, enjoy your break coronavirus slash trying to get stuff done. Thank you. (laughs) See you soon. Backstage Brew, the podcast. To see all the video episodes, search Backstage Brew on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter.